It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, you're listening to a brand new episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. And this week, we're bringing you our no-spoiler review of Nope, plus covering all the latest movie and trailer news. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies. And hold on to your hats, folks, because this week we're talking Nope. Where two siblings who run a horse ranch in California notice something uncanny and chilling in the skies above and become obsessed with trying to capture it on film, while the owner of a nearby Wild West theme park attempts to profit from the mysterious discovery. Nope is written and directed by Master of Horror Jordan Peele, and it stars Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, Stephen Yoon, Brandon Perea, Michael Wincott, and Keith. David. Where do we start with this one, Tim? Because as with any Jordan Peele film, there is a lot to unpack. There is a lot to unpack and I'm really excited to dive deep into this one with you and find out which side of the fence we're both on here. But mm. I had an idea to to share a quote from Jordan Peele, which I think is a really good launching pad for our discussion. Okay. So Peele has said that, and I quote, I tried to write a script for a movie that I didn't know how to pull off. And then I assembled a team to help me pull it off. And I just really love that attitude to filmmaking, that drive, Mm. that risk-taking. I really admire it. And there are things in here that, especially from a technical perspective, you think, wow, how did they pull that off? So I think that's a a really good quote from Jordan Peele to just contemplate for a minute. And speaking of pulling things off, there is a lot to pull off in this film. As I said, lots of layers to a Jordan Peele film. It's no different here. He's billed it as unpacking the seeds of violence, risk and opportunism that are inseparable from the romanticised history of the American West and from show business itself. Mm. Phew, that's a mouthful. 
<laughs> what does it mean though, right? Right. Well, I mean, where do you begin? What, what layer do we want to peel back first? He's also said the DNA of the movie has this big question about the human addiction to spectacle. Yes. And what happens when money becomes involved is that there's this massive exploitation of what should be pure and what should be natural. Mm. I don't know if we'd argue that sci-fi UFO is natural, but I guess it is, isn't it? Well, it's a natural addiction, a natural phenomena of interest and obsession that the human race have, mm. which is a great subject matter for him to sink his teeth into as a writer and a director because there has been so much pop culture around UFOs and sightings. So it's an interesting mm. playground to play in. And just building on that addiction to spectacle, it manifests itself in the characters in this movie, mm. aiming for the money shot and you know, they're there to to be entertained. We need to be entertained at all times. And this money shot's going to make the money. It's going to entertain mm-hmm. people. It's what people want. It's that drive in society. And that's a, a layer of commentary that Jordan Peele's mm. trying to talk to and talk about in this movie. He's also said that it shines a light on discarded child actors and the below-the-line crew on films like mm. animal wranglers, cinematographers, tech experts, the people who aren't visible but are complicit in the spectacle. It's also about our need to be seen for who we are. Like I could list all these things that he says this film is about, but is it trying to do and say too much? Yes, I <laughs> I, I yes. think so. And I will start by answering that question by calling out how much of a slow burn this story is. Too slow? I was going to say the exact same thing. Yeah. yeah, too slow perhaps. I mean, the movie is over two hours long, which mm. is long. And look, I have no problem with that usually. But we have the initial setup. Let's talk about just the main story arc right Mm. now. There's this mysterious thing in the sky. They're trying to figure out what it is and they interact with it in all these different ways. Nothing really changes based on that timeline here. Of course, there's all these complex subplots and subtexts going Mm -hmm. on, but they stand alongside the main plot and the main plot doesn't really change. And it takes a really, really long time to get things moving, to get you there. Mm. Did, did it hold your attention for long enough and interest you long enough or were you getting a little wriggly in your seat? It did because, I mean, like when we open the film, he opens the film in a really powerful and confronting way. Boy, he does. That just really knocks you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I found it deeply upsetting and uncomfortable. And the thing is you you constantly return to that and the unsettlement and the uncomfortability yes. builds and builds and builds. But talking about the slow burn, it does take a while to come back to that. It does. And for you to understand how that fits into the picture. But, you know, when it gets going and this bad miracle slash jean jacket, as they call it, or the Mm. antagonist is revealed, it's bloody exciting and visceral. Like it it really reels you in. And you wonder, though, why did it take so long for us to get there? That's the Mm. ongoing thing that kept going on in my head. I thought, wow, I'm really entertained. This is brilliant, the things that I'm seeing on this big screen and hearing on this big screen, which we'll talk about later, the sound of it all. But I thought, did it really need to take an hour and 45 minutes to get there or or thereabouts? I thought, far out. We could have been here half an hour ago. Yeah, the thing that Peel does, though, is he drops these puzzle pieces in front of you. He likes to confuse and he likes to confound you and for you to sit there and go, what is this? How does this fit in? But talking about that opening scene in the film, okay, anything involving animals being hurt, and I think I can say that without revealing too much, Yes, is just deeply upsetting and uncomfortable for me. And it's not Mm. voyeuristic in the film, so like it's not 
I was going to say it's not gratuitous, but maybe I feel like it is. It is. It builds into something quite gratuitous. However, a lot of it does happen off camera, but it's heavily implied, isn't it? Yeah, but the thing is with Jordan Peele's style, he wants you to sit in that discomfort (laughs) and it's a different kind of horror, isn't it? So it's Mm. not like so much blood and guts. When we talk about Peele's elevated horror style, it's horror with social, political, ethical considerations all underlying and it does make you think, but it's also really fucking hard to sit through some parts mm. and it makes you squirm and it's like a roller coaster ride of emotion rather than jump scares. It pulls you in different directions. So at the beginning of the film, I was like, oh, nah, 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 don't like this, don't like this, this isn't entertaining, don't want to be here, I'm not cool, nah, nah. And I watched it a second time because I came and watched it with you. Yes. And again, because I knew some of the stuff was coming, I was like, nah, fuck, I'm not here for this at all, nah. Were you as uncomfortable the second time? Even more so, I think, because I knew it was coming. Right. You know what the most sinister thing about Jordan Peele is, just to build on what you've just shared at this point in time? Because he's making you feel this way intentionally. Yes. And it's like, oh, man, come on, give us a break. (laughs) But it's not for the sake of making you feel uncomfortable. It's to make you think and make you wonder why you feel uncomfortable. That's it. That's it. And, you know, going back to whether it tries to do or say too much, you know, Mm. there's just so many big ideas working with so much subtext at Mm. once in every scene. And Peel has such interesting things to say. But I think stuffing them all into one movie can create a kind of chaos, even if it is compelling to watch and you can see the thematic points that he's illustrating, you know, about harnessing and controlling animals for our spectacle. That's a big part of the film. Whether you can tame animals, yeah. Yes, and when you can see where that's going and put all the pieces together – it's still maybe just too much, too confusing maybe? Oh, look, I haven't been able to stop thinking about the film and the fact that you've seen it twice and the first time you saw it, if I'm not mistaken, was quite Mm. a few weeks ago. So it's been sitting with you marinating, festering up for a while. So your experience is quite (laughs) different to mine, but it holds a a different conversation to have right now, which I appreciate. And I've also spoken to Jordan Peele and got his insight on the making of the film in some parts and, and that adds to it too. That's all going on in my brain. My brain's just like a a missy-mashy sieve of, I don't know what's going on. Well, one of the things Jordan Peele said to you Mm. in the interview that you had with him was that he hopes people will react in any way. And I think to build on all the layers of subtext is that there is something definitely to react to. You might react to things differently to the person next to you, but there's something to react. But what is that reaction manifesting as? The reaction that you had a really good time and the movie was good and it achieved it? Or did Mm. it make you just feel so uncomfortable that you wish you never saw what you saw? I don't know. It depends how you interpret it. I think I fell somewhere in the middle because it was just really entertaining for the most part and really exciting to watch. I agree. But some parts were just really uncomfortable and intentionally so, as we've discussed. I think I leaned more into the idea, out of all the ideas that were going on here, Mm -hmm. that we as humans have this fascination with taming predators for spectacle. Right. And when it comes to anything in nature in this world or any other world – You know, a predator can be impressive and wondrous, but also wild and dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I really connected with that part of the story. And when you throw in exploitation, what is the outcome? And should you be surprised at the outcome that manifests Mm. as a result of that exploitation and the desire to tame the beast Mm. as a product to make money and be part of spectacle? 
you know, look yeah, at all I mean, these building like, blocks, right? So many different sides to look at with this film. And I think that's what I love about Jordan Peele as a filmmaker is Me that too. he likes to confuse, but it does become more cohesive the more you think about it and the more mm. you unpack it. Can I just ask you a question? Because yeah. you made a good point earlier that Jordan Peele's horror is very different. We coined the phrase elevated horror. I mean, we didn't mm. coin the phrase. It's it's a very well used known phrase associated mm. with his films. I would call it more a psychological sci-fi thriller. I liked the fact that this didn't lean too much on jump scares. There were one or two there. Yeah. But I don't know whether... There were some good ones too. There were, and you grabbed me at one point after because my reaction (laughs) was so wild. That's just me. My own shadow spooks me. But I don't know whether it warranted the horror badge. What do you think about that? Or or am I overthinking it? Yeah, I think you might be overthinking it. I I think it did lean into horror more Mm. still. It's still got that horror element. And I think that was a big consideration for Jordan Peele that he wanted it to be more horror than sci-fi. Right. But there there are some fun sci-fi layers to this movie, no doubt. Oh, yeah. 100%. Do you want to talk about the characters and the performances in this film? Because it's a really solid core cast. There is not one weak link in this film. Right. I'm so glad you said that. I loved following the journey of all these characters. They brought something really fresh and different. I freaking loved everyone in this movie. And everybody's raving about Kiki Palmer's performance in particular. Just like she's come out of nowhere, but she's actually an accomplished child actor and singer, well, former child child actor and singer starred in hustlers recently we saw her in hustlers right yes you know she's fantastic really really fantastic but i don't think she stood out from everyone else really as being above everyone else what did you think i wouldn't put her as above but i thought she was such an important yeah ingredient to this movie she was the lifeblood of the movie she was just so vivacious and full of life yeah. and she kept the pulse. She kept the heart rate up. She was the yeah. heart rate of the movie because if you compare her performance, goodness, to Daniel Kaluuya, such a muted, silent man of few words. So that juxtaposition between them as siblings was yeah. a really great balance from a storytelling perspective. But also Daniel Kaluuya's character is an introvert. Mm. You know, he's suddenly tasked with keeping the family business afloat And, you know, he's just a horse trainer. He just wants to do the job and work with the animals. But he's suddenly been thrust into the spotlight Mm. and has to keep the business going. So So he's like a no-nonsense guy and his sister, Emerald, is all-nonsense, right? (laughs) She's just like there. She is part of the machine around spectacle and being seen and heard and found and be quote-unquote relevant all those she's a performer 100 percent. she is a performer she's an exhibitionist i would say she's the ultimate slashy if you will slashy actor singer dancer trainer like what was all the other things she listed off is that the term ultimate slashy that's great slashy yeah stephen yoon's character is a former child star who's turned his most famous role into a western theme park he's quite an interesting character what did you think of him i loved that subplot and the Mm. supporting subtext along with that the fact that he exploited his own trauma for financial gain just fascinated me (laughs) so weird right the first time i saw the film i actually wondered what the point was of that whole subplot Mm. but again the more you think about it you're like oh no 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 that was integral like you needed to have that to give a certain perspective on the animal aspect and the exploitation and the trauma and all that kind of thing. I've spent most of my time thinking about this movie, thinking about that subplot Mm. more than anything else in the movie because I keep going back to it because it disturbs me so much. Yes. 
And it's a really interesting lens into the world of Hollywood and what they do with child actors is just fascinating. I mean, there are countless child actors in the real world as well mm. as this this fantasy world that have been exploited and get dumped and thrown aside. And this adds mm. another layer of it where it's like, well, what if the child actor took control of that trauma and did something with it? Mm. That just fascinates me. Well, we kind of see that all the time, not necessarily with trauma, but you see a lot mm. of people revisiting their most famous works. Yes. I mean, it happens all the time. Yes. Reboot Central right now. Yeah, it really is. Gosh, <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> Brandon Perea, who plays an electronics employee who helps the siblings out, he's a delight in this film and Isn't he's he? very much a third wheel. <laughs> but he doesn't feel like a third wheel. My favourite thing about him is that how he just inserted himself into the narrative. He inserted himself into <laughs> yes. this life. This is so exciting, way better than my life. He's an oversharer. He was a breath of fresh air, a, a beam light of this movie and a really yeah. really fun character do you know apparently jordan peele rewrote the character for him because it's not how he envisioned the character of angel the electronics guy in the first place and when he met brandon Perea mm. and he did his audition he ended up yeah having to rewrite sections of the movie to fit around this performance how good is that gee you would have won as the actor being really flattered by that and then also yeah. terrified because someone <laughs> yes. like Jordan Peele's like, I'm going to go and rewrite stuff because I think you're so good and you're bringing something I've not seen yeah. before. You'd be like, oh, shit, I better bring it, hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, this is something I've been really looking forward to talking to you about mm. because it's how the film looks and sounds. Do we want to start with the sound design because – there's something about how this movie sounded when you closed mm. your eyes, the howling, the screaming, the wind. Yep. Goodness me, what an experience that is without any visuals. I have to say it was my absolute favourite thing about the film was the sound design. I found it so unsettling but just really invigorating and it's so immersive. You know, my eyes in some sections of the film were flying saucer wide. <laughs> How good. It's the sound and the visuals together. It's just so immersive. I love the word you used just then. You felt invigorated by the sound design. Mm. I talked to you and Ollie after we saw the, the film earlier this week and there was a point in the, in the way that the music was mixed where I thought someone was like shouting or screaming from the other yes. side of the cinema and I was getting a little distracted, but it was done on purpose. I think Kiki Palmer's character is listening to music and, and I kept turning over to see who was making a noise, but it was just the way the yeah. sound was mixed. It, it fully immersed me in that and it yeah. was very interesting. And you can't quite tell if it's the wind or screaming mm. or some kind of animalistic noise or something else. You know, it's incredible sound design by Johnny Byrne, who had a wind library, apparently. What? What's a wind library? Had a wind library to get all the sounds right. He sat down with Jordan Peele. They went through his wind library and they found the best wind and then mixed it together with all these other sounds. I just think that's so cool. That is cool. Gosh, I've never heard of a wind library. Here we are. And also the sound, it just builds and then it builds and then it just cuts to deafening silence, which is even more unsettling, I think. The use of silence in film when done right, literally eyes roll in the back of my head. It's like ecstasy to me. When they <laughs> get it right, it is so incredible and they did it time and time again perfectly in this movie. Yeah. 
The whole design in this film is phenomenal. Everything looks spectacular in the best kind of sci-fi blockbuster way. And I think Jordan Peele was very influenced by Close Encounters of the Third Kind by Steven Spielberg. Oh, yeah. So, huge influence here. I guess we can talk a little bit about the design of this antagonist. Won't go into too much detail. But, you know, it's called Jean Jacket. Mm -hmm. That's what they coin it, Jean Jacket. So... Do you think they do too much with Jean Jacket towards the end of the film? Yes. I was a little perplexed by how that evolved, if you will. Yeah. It took 18 months to refine the design. Wow. That's a long time. It's bold. It's big and it excited me, but I wasn't really sure what was going on or what I was looking at or whether it worked. Do you know what I mean? It was already so exciting. I I know. I don't think they needed to go to that level, to be perfectly honest with you. They kind of just added a few more Jengas on top of this already towering tower. Mm. And again, I can see the reasoning behind the way the antagonist looks and what transpires. But uh, yeah, I wondered if it was too elaborate. Elaborate is a perfect word to describe it. It seemed to not gel with the other aesthetic of the movie, if that makes sense. Yeah. Peel is taking a big swing by going bigger and bolder in this film than his previous works. He's known for his more thoughtful, character-driven films, and, and the characters in this film are really, really good too. But, yes. yeah, I just think it works. Despite all the things we've questioned and – you know, we might sound like it's terrible by sitting here saying it's so uncomfortable and we were squirming in our seat, but, you know, it's an entertaining experience. Yes, I completely agree. You're meant to feel things and we did and it's how you interpret that and take that away and then make a decision as to whether you enjoyed this movie or not. There's absolutely a spectacle to be had in terms of how this film was shot. They used Mm. about 40% of the film was shot using IMAX cameras and it just worked so perfectly for what he was trying to achieve with the look and the experience for the audience with this film. Yeah, it's definitely meant to be seen on the big screen. They were filmed in, as you said, IMAX and large format 65mm, which just makes it so much more immersive. What do you think, Lee? Should we wrap up our take and rate Nope? Well, you may think you know what's coming in Nope, but in true Jordan Peele style, there's a clever reveal when all his pieces come together that will surprise and delight you. In hindsight, it might seem obvious, but the wonder of seeing it unfold literally and figuratively is a really special experience that we don't get in cinema as often as we'd like these days. And that is a unique idea presented in an immersive, entertaining and just oh so clever way. I'm giving Nope four popcorn kernels out of five. So Nope is an incredibly unsettling and thought-provoking saga that had me curious for a very long time. As the pieces started to come together though, I kept feeling the same thing over and over. Why did it take this long to get here? Now, Nope didn't disappoint me. It just didn't hit it. A tighter, more streamlined and focused story was needed, especially in helping to create the horror film that this movie was marketed as being. Having said that, there is so much rich subtext that you cannot ignore about race, spectacle, entertainment and exploitation that only Jordan Peele can provide. You will either love or hate this one, I feel, but there is no doubt seeing it on the biggest and loudest screen is a must. I'm going to rate Nope 3 popcorn kernels. There you have it, guys. Nope is in Australian cinemas from August 11. And don't forget to listen to our interview with director Jordan Peele. The audio episode is available now, and you can also head over to our YouTube channel to watch the interview there. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. Now, before we jump into the news, it's giveaway time again. Popcorn Podcast has five double passes to give away to see upcoming drama True Things in Australian cinemas from September 1st. In True Things, Kate, played by Ruth Wilson, finds herself inexplicably drawn to a mysterious new man, played by Tom Burke, after a chance encounter and embarks on an emotionally dangerous journey that slowly begins to consume her. To be in with a chance of winning a double pass with thanks to Kismet Movies, head to popcornpodcast.com slash giveaways and submit the form with your details telling us why you love going to the cinema. Entries are open to Australian residents only until Wednesday, August 24. Australian icon Olivia Newton-John. She sadly passed away this week at the age of 73 after a battle with breast cancer, a fight she endured for three decades after her first diagnosis back in 1992. I'm so sad. Such a huge loss. Her best-known film role was, of course, playing Sandy opposite John Travolta's Danny in the 1978 classic Grease, but she also enjoyed cult classic status as Kira in 1980's Xanadu. Just such a classic film. Love that I one. love Xanadu. It's so oh, wacky too. It is. She starred opposite Michael Beck and Gene Kelly in that one. Of course, Newton-John was primarily a hugely successful recording artist with a string of hit songs in the 70s and 80s. Her most beloved hits include Physical, Twist of Fate, I Love You, I Honestly Love You and so many more. And she took home four Grammys in her career. I don't know about you, but in my commutes to and from work, I've been listening Mm. to Olivia Newton-John this week. Do you know what? I shed a few tears. Oh, did you? And that doesn't often happen with celebrities or people I don't know, but I, I shed a few tears this week because she's our Olivia. Yeah. You know, she was such a sweet person and such an icon to Australians and the world over. And this one felt like a really, really immeasurable loss. So many tributes have been flooding in across the world with people sharing the impact she had on their lives as a beacon of light and hope and for her work with the Olivia Newton-John Foundation to bolster cancer research and funding for a cure. She was one of a kind. One of a kind. 
Well, on to some movie news now. It's, yeah. it's hard to segue from that, isn't it? Oh, it is a little bit, but we'll bit do depressing. our best. We hope you stayed with us through that really, really sad news. Sonic 3 will race into theatres with a Christmas 2024 release. The news comes off the back of the very successful theatrical run of Sonic 2, having grossed US $400 million at the global box office. The franchise based on the Sega video game stars James Marsden with Ben Schwartz voicing the Blue Hedgehog. Now, Jim Carrey hasn't confirmed he will return to the role of Dr. Robotnik as yet after announcing he is, quote-unquote, fairly serious about retiring from acting when Sonic 2 was released earlier this year. Oh, come on, he can't not come back. I'm sorry, but he cannot retire until we see Ace Ventura 3. Is there going to be an Ace Ventura 3, or are you playing with me? No, no, there's been talk of it. There has been talk of it. Oh, my God, I just want to see him come out the butt of a latex (laughs) rhino again. Yes. You can't make a third one of that without him. I'm sorry. I completely agree. Don't ruin it. So Sonic 3 is currently up against James Cameron's Avatar 3, which also has a Christmas 2024 release in its sights. Only time will tell who will win in the box office race between the big blue threequels. Now, Timothy Chalamet revealed a first look at his cannibal love story, Bones and All, which reunites him with director Luca Guadagnino, whose 2017 film Call Me By Your Name earned Chalamet his first Oscar nomination. Based on the novel of the same name by Camille DeAngelis, Bones and All is a coming-of-age story that follows cannibal lovers Marin and Lee as they road trip across America. The film co-stars Taylor Russell and is set to premiere at the Venice Film Festival before being released in cinemas later in the year. Now, this teaser doesn't really give us a lot. No, it's only 40 seconds. A lot of screaming, a lot of nice scenery. As they do the road trip. And they seem madly in love. You know what? I think when we go see this movie, we'll order a nice Chianti. What do you think? Just wash, <laughs> yeah. wash it down with a nice Chianti. Now, do you think this is a bit weird? Because Timothy Chalamet obviously starred in Call Me By Your Name with Army Hammer, mm-hmm. who's currently courting a lot of controversy for his, let's say, interesting bedroom predilections to do with cannibalism. You can't make this shit up, can you? It, it is <laughs> stranger than fiction that there is that very, very strong connection there. It's a little unsettling, I have to say. Yeah, as long as he doesn't co-star in it. It's not it's starring Army Hammer. Oh, my God, can you imagine? Gosh, life imitates art. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. On that note... We're so happy you could join us for another episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. We reviewed Nope, which is in Australian cinemas from August 11. And don't forget to check out our interview with director Jordan Peele over on YouTube or right here on your favourite podcast platform. As always, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Come and join in on the conversation. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Popcorn Podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.